Bigger than cakes. Give me some more silence. Welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach. I'm joined by Angela, Matt, and Will. I am. Hello. What, what's Hello. up? What's up? What 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 is up? The sky. Yeah. I think we've done that before, but hey. <laughs> yeah. I, I think old. everyone has Just hit the same jokes every few months. Yeah. On rotation. Yeah, yeah. It's called. What's up is is four new comics. Indeed, uh, in our September roundup. I know what month it is, Angela. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Just checking. Just checking. Or when this comes out, what month it was. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Who knows when we've recorded this? Yeah. We're, we're speaking to you from the mists of time. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I know what time it is. I know what month we're in. I know what's happening. Um, so, guns blazing. Let's uh, let's talk about some comics, yo. Let's crack on. Yeah. Um, so, we've got three books from Image this month. I'm going to introduce you to the first one. First one's called Old Dog, number one. It's written and it's what old dog? <laughs> it's it's written. Declan Shelby is the writer and artist. And the letterer is Clayton Cowles. And I can't find any other credits to suggest anyone else did anything else on this. So I'm thinking Deck is also our colorist here. It was and edited by Heather Antos. That's the only other name. I and it was read. edited by Heather Antos. I was just, just going to say that. <laughs> Basically, Old Dog is um, about Jack Lynch, who works for the CIA and... This is meant to be his last mission. Uh, the higher-ups don't like him, so he's kind of just on surveillance duty in a van with all the screens and such, uh, whilst <laughs> Rottweiler is out on some kind of mission in a trench coat, uh, climbing buildings and jumping off rooftops and such. Something goes wrong, and the guys who are kind of monitoring this with jack uh let's call one of them charlie because that's his name and um also mustache man who isn't allowed a name <laughs> too much of a jerk um have apparently been given you know secret orders that if something goes down there to jump in and save the day um when they do that and don't come back jack also follows them into the building finds a weird old looking machine and um well you know chaos ensues and um without giving too much away beyond that that's kind of the bulk of this um immediate thoughts for me uh one uh, in a 10-minute period, Charlie manages to leave the van, go inside, and grow a beard. Uh, that was really important to me in reading this. And it's kind of meant that my speculation of, of how that could have happened is 
running wild and probably completely unnecessary. Um, <laughs> it may come back in a later issue. It may be a really important plot point that will come to fruition later. Yeah, I I hope it is. I, I don't know if it will be, but I hope it is. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is, looks like it's going to be the start of a kind of black ops spy thriller type thing. Plenty of sort of time-based sci-fi thrown in. Yeah, it feels like that. Um, although I'm also not entirely sure which direction it's going in, especially with Declan Shelby having time before time. Or yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if he's is he writing it at the moment or is he just I watching? Think he's back, I think he's back. Yeah, I don't think he ever left. Rory McConville. No, hang on. I can't remember which one of them went off for a while. They're both back on it now. Can right. Confirm. So if this is, does end up having like a time travel angle, that is weird to have two time travel books from the same person at the same time. But I'm also prepared to see where that goes. And I can see that maybe this is an idea spawned from already having one time travel book. I know sometimes you'll have ideas that don't all fit together. Um, but I'm getting definite sci-fi time travel kind of vibes. Um, I assume that's how you grow a beard in 10 minutes. <laughs> I think I'm yeah. getting a sort of sense of kind of time dilation. I mean, it sort of insinuates that Jack comes out of this with some sort of ability. Yes. But I found that a little confusing as to exactly what was happening. I mean, he sort of D de- and then re-ages yes. very quickly. Yeah. Um, so it sets up a couple of mysteries kind of spanning from that, obviously. what What's the machine? What are his powers? Um, Is Jack Rottweiler? I think is, so. I thought so. Yeah, I think the, the big facial scar, I think, is the the hint. But you could be right. That could be a bit of a ruse. Because um, I, like, I actually thought initially, rather than this being the observa- like uh, being the observation, like that that's what they were watching, that mission that was going on, that that was going to be the mission that went wrong. That I thought him. that. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of goes well. Actually, no, he's he's Benjamin Buttoning or whatever. Like, <laughs> um, and therefore we can't really tell necessarily when anything kind of is in this timeline currently. Um, so it's I I actually kind of enjoyed that as as a bit of a twist, but. I, I it, it it's a book that I know we say this a lot, but we'll read. I think we'll read better in trade, um, because of like the shifting, like cu- currently the shifting character designs uh, and stuff, and and ages and stuff make the book like both. Like difficult to follow in a way that's clearly deliberate, mm. um, but it's still difficult to follow. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, uh, it feels quite time before time. It, it definitely, you can tell this is the same guy who's doing time <laughs> before time. That is, 
yeah, it, it's just like I don't know. It's it's not directly time before time, but it just it's so time before time and just the way it reads and it's feeling and the wibbly wobbly timey wimey weird coincidences, aging, de aging, whatever you want to call it. It almost feels like this is an alternate universe time before time <laughs> in a good way. Don't get me wrong, in a good way. But having ploughed through seven, we have seven, 16, 17 issues of time before time, this just feels like a weird extension of that. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yes. Sir. But for me, it didn't feel quite as original as maybe it would if he wasn't also working on mm. the time travel book. I say I'm not sure it's this is I, I I'm not sure it's necessarily going to be time travel. I think it's going to be something different. Weird healing factor time travel. Yeah, well, I don't think the bit I don't think we, as you were saying, where the other bit uh, is kind of timeless, where he's running the mission. Mm. But I, I don't think that's in the past either. I think that is. No, that's after his coma. Yeah. Uh, stuff like yes. when they because they, they reveal his partner. At the end, who is his now old eight years older than she was uh, when he went in the coma, daughter. Yeah. Like, you know, who he's missed the sort of life of. Um, controversially with this, and uh, feel weird saying it, but gonna have to because it was immediately there. Uh, and I know they worked together at Marvel on Image in the past. This is the first Declan Shelby book I have read that feels very much like a Warren Ellis book. Oh, I can see that. feels really like yeah. global frequency, yeah. planetary-esque in the like shady government organizations and weird powers and yeah. And yeah, yeah I can I see that. Not, ne- not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, there's obviously a Warren Ellis ships storytelling hole in comics right now um or is he back i think he might be back um that's a it's a difficult difficult road to walk that one it is a difficult one i you know um warren ellis bad obviously but yeah yeah some of his books good um and i feel like with uh Shalvey having worked with him on like Moon Knight and Injection and stuff, it is probably natural mm. that there's a little bit of an influence on his writing style. A couple of just individual bits that really stood out to me is I like that the the machine or whatever it is, the technology has a real like Mobius vibe mm. to the art style. And I like the how it expressed a sort of delay in time when you have an empty speech bubble. And the words for that speech bubble following like the next panel, just so it was super effective at controlling the flow of time during all that that section. Good art yeah. is what I'm saying. Yes. Um and it's weird because I the obviously the last few Declan Shelby things he's written and not drawn, other than that one issue of time before time. So it's kind of yeah. weird seeing his art again after I've kind of ended up just associating him with the way time before time looks over the last year or so. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah, I almost forget he's an artist these days. He is a good artist, though, when he he does the art. Art good. Props to uh, 
yeah. Clayton Cowles as well. I feel I praised mm. Declan Shelby for something that Clayton Cowles did. Yeah. <laughs> but Clay- so, Clayton well, Cowles well is, Clayton is, Cowles. is one of the good ones. <laughs> one, one of your many uh, lettering brethren. He's, he's in my top five. Wow. I'm sure we're all waiting, you know, with bated breath to find out who the top five <laughs> Angela letters are. We'll all pick an area. One of us will rank writers. One of us will do a top five letters. One of us will do a top five colorers. Colorists. Colorists. Colorizers. Colorizers. <laughs> mm. yeah. uh, I don't know. Inkers. Pencilers. Pencilers. Well, uh, We'll, we'll recruit a fifth person so we can do pencils and inkers. <laughs> uh, this has gotten weird. So, uh, yeah. Shall we? Uh, oh, actually, before we move on, um, Demolition Man. It reminded me the tiniest bit of Demolition Man, partially because of the um, the whole theory that um, Stallone's partner was originally intended to be his daughter in Demolition Man, and then in, then instead they end up having sex. Um, and... Fingers crossed, eh, Matt? Yeah, but they're not. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like th- that was originally in the script. And I mean, if that like, doesn't oh, sell you, I don't uh, know what does. But I so, think overall, there's a, there's enough here, I think, to kind of interest me to come back. I say the, yeah. the power thing is kind of vague, but there's a bit of a cliffhanger at the end that suggests there's even more mysterious goings on. I think there's probably enough to give this another couple of issues to see if it really like sticks yes. to landing. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then shall we move on to uh, the least we can do? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, the least we can do is also from Image, uh, written by Yolanda Zampardino, with art by Elisa Romboli, edited by Laura Tavashati, and with the vague production by Craig Arnett. So it is a UK London set um, post-apocalypse with like magic and mutants and all that good stuff. The main character is a girl called Uriel who has basically set herself on the course of trying to change the world for the better uh, in the aftermath of like this societal collapse and the coming of like magical power elements called mediums and yeah she comes from like a family of the military dictatorship that runs the uk now it feels okay does it feel weird to see them in this kind of semi semi medievally kind of looking place referring to it as the united kingdom that now nah, that's got, what Camden's like all the time. That got me just a <laughs> little bit. Um, but yeah, so she she's kind of stolen um, this magical element from her family and has set off to try and do good with it rather than continuing the systems of oppression uh, and joined up with the underground as like a researcher and someone... And, and 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 someone who is coming with knowledge and idealism um, to it. It's um, it it seems like it could be pretty fun. Um, it 
it's it seems like it's going to have some interesting sort of stuff to look at about sort of individual morality cast against kind of wider societal views of kind of of like right and wrong and ethics and stuff like and challenging a system that you're raised in and sort of the cost that can kind of come from that for an individual yeah i i'm i'm liking the look of it i the power sort of system of it seems like it could be interesting it at, at the moment like it it looks a little weirdly it looks a little x-meny um but that might be just because we have like a uh, a room full of danger um and people being trained to use their powers their way and stuff like it, it I, I was very much like okay so this is like yeah this is the academy for gifted youths um that down here um but like it's got a a pretty good design aesthetic to it in a way that kind of like reminds me of like shadow run where you've got like vaguely kind of unexplained like mutants like you've got people with like devil horns um going around you've got like other little weird weird magical things it's like you know where this kind of intersection of reality with some sort of other source. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you for the most part. I think probably my favourite part about the book is the character design and the clothing. Yeah. I think when you meet the three people who are going to be on her battle team, on Uriel's battle team, um, oh, they just look co- they just look cool. And I, yeah. I although it is kind of hokey, I, I do dig that sort of proto-Victorian. Um, like design in all of the art stuff. I also agree with you that I kind of like the the magic system in this. It seems to be like minerals of some sort have been imbued with power. But again, going along with that same kind of class system, the more precious the mineral, it seems the greater the power. But there's obviously some uh, something going on in there. Um, I think my only drawback is is they they try and pack in loads into this first issue and i think it kind of disrupts the pacing of the story there's loads and loads of ideas loads of good characters but you don't spend enough time really with any of them you don't get to know anybody um it's very much set up but i think it tells you a lot about this world um i think it's it's pretty funny in some parts. Like I think it nails some of its jokes. So yeah, mostly pretty successful. Um, good stuff. Yes. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to go on a different track as my screen freezes up. Oh dear, come on laptop. There we go. Right. I've caught up with everyone. We'll just move really quickly. Um, I'm going to take a slightly different tack because we said that Old Dog read very like a Declan Chalvey book and this reads very like a Yolanda Zanfordino um, and a Lisa Romboli book. So, Alyssa, I apologise for mispronouncing your name. Um, yeah, it feels very much in the same vein as, you know, Alice in Leatherland and A Thing Called Truth in that you have this slightly bookish retiring shy female character and these tougher or 
worldly female characters. Um, and of course, the shy, retiring one is obviously going to learn things through the tough ones. And the tough ones are going to learn things from the shy and retiring one. And I really like that as a trope. <laughs> It worked. It's worked really well in Alice in Leatherland. It's worked really well in A Thing Called Truth. So, I'm I'm up for more of that. So, that was what I latched onto. There, the, there is nice world building. It is, you know, like you said, the, there is a lot there. There's a lot of questions. We don't know how exactly she got the stone and how it came to be in her possession. Presumably, she stole it, but we don't know what happened there. Um, I like that she wanders around looking a bit like Red Riding Hood at the start. The little red cloak and the little hood up and clearly has no clue about thing. You know, she's sort of really out of her element, but she's determined to do it because it's the least she can do. And I like that we have that, like the last panel is the title. Um, yep. But yeah, it, it's quite, she's a very sweet character. Yep. It's quite a cool setup. It does sort of feel like these creators now tackling fantasy world and I'm up for their take on fantasy world. They've done road trip. They've done, I can't really, I don't even know what, that's the one. Yeah. Alice in the Lands of Romance. So this is like <laughs> fantasy land. So it's, you know, working your way through genres with, you know, good, weird, good art, good I'd... writing, weird setup. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. It was nice. It was pleasant. Yeah. I enjoyed. I very much agree. Um, it's interesting after three books kind of ground in the real world to see them kind of take on the unreal world. Um, I do like that every one of their books has been set in a different place as well. Like the Alice in Leatherland is San Francisco and then yeah. there's like the road trip element of the other one, I think, called Truth. Um, and then this is the UK, and uh, Yolanda's solo book, what was that called? Midnight Radio? I think. Uh, <laughs> on your own there, but... <laughs> Midnight Radio, I think, uh, was kind of set in somewhere in America. So it's nice to have... I think we, we get a lot of comics that are um, in America... And obviously having European creators helps, but it's nice to see a weird version of London in comics. Um, I agree that, like, I think uh, artwork-wise and design work is really cool. Uh, I like that kind of all the, not all, but a lot of the uh, Eclipse Rebel group seems to be inspired by either Star Wars or Mad Max or other, like, existing rebels. They look like, like, the, the team that she gets put with do look like they come from, like, a thrash metal band or, like, a power, <laughs> like, a power metal band. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. And, um, the most important thing that none of us have mentioned is there's a pig with a big necklace on. Oh, that's yeah, true. I true, did like yeah. that. Um, Pig obviously needs more page time. Um, we can all agree on that. I think that goes without saying for the most part. We're such marks. We are such marks for a cute animal. Yeah. Any yeah, basically. Adorable. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that it's a character flaw amongst us as a group, but 
No, it's like the one unifying factor we have in our love of comics. <laughs> Something squishy. Needs more pigs and necklaces. Um, also, big fan of, is he called Yuki? Who's like in two panels or something? Who's just got... He does a, have a monocle. A, a yellow monocle yeah. and then yeah. one red eye. Yes. I'm intrigued. Yeah. That's enough of a premise for character for me. Monocle. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Also, young person with a monocle. That tells you a lot about someone. Don't know what. Much in the light, the light yeah. field school of um, comic storytelling. Oh, don't worry. We'll get on to Liefeld later. Will we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> which which, which of these did life? I'm, I'm waiting for the context here. Stay tuned for, to find out which one of oh. us knows what's going on. Oh, you'll figure it out when we get to when we get to uh, the last book. Uh, okay. And a particular character in that book. Character being Rob Liefeld. No. Yes. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I hit Back, back to whatever this is. <laughs> the yeah, yeah I, the least we can do. It's yeah. no secret at this point that I, I, I like Yolanda Zanfordino and Eliza Ramboli's books. I've read all of them at this point. At least I think I have. Um, but I think this works. I think it's... I think Will is correct, and it does a lot in, like, what, 20, 30 pages, maybe? 30? Yeah. We got, yeah, 30-ish pages, I guess, with all the variant covers. Uh, I like that two of the variant covers are the same cover, just upside down. Yep. Yeah. The kind of crap I would have bought back when I was buying singles. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think this leans on a lot of what they've done before, but in a way that appeals to me. So fine. Cool. Um, I think it's kind of cute, kind of over the top. And that speaks to me. Yeah. Uh, anyone? Got any more words to say, or are we all like worded out? Or... No, I think it just it sets up a a fairly unique kind of fantasy world, um, and yeah, the the just the writing and the art in is dead strong. So, um, I think it'll I think it'll continue to be real good. Just needs to sort of flatten out some of its storytelling, I think, and um, give a bit more time to some of the individual characters and flesh them out as well. Mm. Yes. So on that you ready, note, <laughs> you ready to move on to Antioch, um, written by Patrick Kinlan, arted by Marco Ferrari, letters by Jim Campbell, edited by James Heppelwhite, uh, production designed by Erica Schnatz. Maybe the most uh, satisfying name to say in all of comics, Schnatz, um, and a, the third book from. From Image this week. This is the continuation to Frontiersman that I believe uh, me and you, Zach, talked about some months ago, ages ago. Um, but this time about the titular character Antioch, who is some sort of superpowered mystical king who uh, seems to just travel the world destroying huge corporate endeavors that damage the environment. He's the son um, of Pompeii. <laughs> he's the son of Pompeii, whatever that means, and also a king. And, and... people refer to him as Caveman. Yeah, there's a lot of there's there's various hint about who this character might be, but I've got to say this comic doesn't really provide a lot in that particular area. But we see a little bit of Antioch's sort of um, history. We catch up with Frontiersman following 
the uh, original series. And um, we get a little bit of the character, well, at least one of the characters that was introduced in Frontiersman, sort of keeping the uh, collective universe ongoing. And a, and a big old punchy fight at the end. So good old superhero comics. Um, I really, really liked Frontiersman and uh, therefore was kind of set up to really enjoy this. And I think for the most part, I did. I think the art's really, really nice, very much a continuation of the Frontiersman art. Um, but I found it quite confusing. <laughs> I found sort of the pacing of it and um, how it kind of introduced particular ideas or events that were happening at the time to be sometimes quite sort of opaque and, uh, and and a bit tricky to follow. Overall, I've still kind of got faith that this book will turn out to be good based on my um, fandom of both Frontiersman and other Patrick Kindland things that I've read and really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got to say, I think this, it, more so than um, uh, the least we can do, just throws sort of a hundred ideas out and... Um, it's kind of hard to follow what any of them are at this particular point. So, as Matt said earlier, we say this a lot, but this might be this might be one for the trade. Mm. As, as someone who is not up to date on Frontiersman, I've read some issues. I'm not up to date. I was probably even more confused. I can imagine. It. I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of ironic because at the end of it, it's like if you're here from Frontiersman. <coughs> hello and, and and all the rest of it but also hello new people because this is a jumping on point i'm like this is not a jumping on point this requires knowledge i don't have so i'm glad that even people who are up to date on were slightly confused by this because i was lost at sea much like they are at points um i like some of the vague concepts going on but i'm totally confused by yeah, I'm just confused. That's that's really where it is. The one of the characters I can't remember his name. I can't remember any of the characters' names apart from Antioch, which is really bad. Um, but one of his little lackeys, limbs or Barstow. Limbs. Limbs is the like the trawlerman. And yeah, Barstow's I like limbs. Yeah, I like those two. Um, that's what I got out of that. I was like, oh, limbs. I read this a couple of times. It didn't make any sense reading it again in fact it made it worse um i mean the art's very good it's all very actiony adventure here's you know look put somebody blowing stuff up and i'm there um <laughs> so that was good um but yeah i just found it really really weird because i didn't really see the link between frontiersman in jail and antioch destroying corporate entities and such so yeah visually it wasn't bad but i don't know what it was about um i i think the the only thing i could think of that really connects this and frontiersman is the kind of environmental awareness angle yeah um that's the planet turn up. Yeah, I mean he's he's got to be in the wings, right? It's not the most immediate connection between the two, and 
I, I did think this would have benefited from being a little bit more standalone as like an Antioch introduction. I like seeing Ethan, Frontiersman, whatever. Um, and they did re- uh, they did a one shot that came after Frontiersman that kind of explains him getting put in prison and being kept in holding. And But that was like a regular prison. And then this shows him obviously in like super prison. Um which I think it's good to keep his story going, but I, I think it does detract here because it's so such a busy issue. It does detract from the, you know, son of Pompeii <laughs> kicking ass and stopping you doing stuff with oil and such, um, which it would have been nice to kind of just give a full issue of that before we check in with Frontiersman, I think. But I do agree that Art is good, explosions good, and um, yeah, you know, Antioch seems like a cool character. I just don't know what his character is yet. Yeah, so I agree with all of that. I quite enjoyed this, um, and I similar like similar to Angela, don't really have much of a background with um, Frontiersman, um, but. I I approached this as basically like reading a like um f- like forties uh, like nineteen forties like Namor um comic mm, definitely take with a more sympathetic portrayal of his concerns and I knew vaguely that Frontiersman is about environmental stuff in the within the context of like a superhero. Uh, story and stuff, and this is the king of some like possibly like lost civilization or like some uh, ancient king return in the modern day and seeing the sort of terrible situation we've left behind and like and having to come to terms with sort of the the, the like what capitalism is and does sort of like when he's describing kind of seeing like the logging camp. And like how like that they they find ways to profit on every level um, of the destruction. It turns out, yeah, I would like a sort of name like name or eco terrorist, like noble eco terrorist book. Also, the, in the prison, the the girl in like the the prison uniform is the cutest. Like in like the prison officer uniform, looking out the window, I was like. I was like, how are you so adorable when you're dressed up and, and as, like, a prison warden? Like, um... <laughs> it's quite Studio Ghibli, I think. It that, is. Like, yeah. Children, it, children it, in it, official it's... positions. Yes. I knew nothing really, apart from the vague concept of Frontisman going in, and quite liked it. I just want to say, good lettering. Jim <laughs> Campbell. That is all. <laughs> oh! Actually, to go back to least we could do for just a second because of that, did we mention um, the lettering in or lettering in regards to uh, the onomatopoeias and stuff? Because like when there's like when someone uses their power and there's like a stop as a as like a as a bubble like a as like a balloon in it and stuff. Yeah, just that reminded me to to go back to that for a second because yeah. Yeah, Jim, 
Jim Campbell's, you know, top five level. Carry you on. You have to stand up for letters. I think perhaps something that we've not mentioned for any of the books today um, is colouring. And I think the colouring in this is... Oh, yes, it is. It is really nice in a lot of examples. I mean, just that bit with Frontiersman in the prison and all of his, like, very colourful um, villains, uh, both literally and figuratively. And then that switches straight to, like, back to Antioch in the forest where things are really muted and, like, earthen tones. I think it does a really great job of um, setting the tone with a lot of the colour. Um, but I think what Zach said earlier was right, is I think we could have done without the sort of Frontiersman bit. Having Unicell in it was probably enough to keep it broadly connected um, and we could have just picked up with that um, later on I think uh, Finally I just want to say that uh, where is it? Uh, you could maximise profits at a funeral is uh, my favourite line in a comic <laughs> yeah. book yeah. this week That is a good month. Um, it made mm. me think of um, the Simpsons uh, episode where like the hot dog seller keeps showing up um at like is at like the funeral is it the yeah uh is is it the uh, operating theater and it's like how like you keep following him he's like lady he's putting my kid through college Kids from college <laughs> um yeah just made me think of the uh, funeral thing fair excellent but yeah despite being a bit confusing and i, I appreciate like they do go on in the back matter about this being sort of a good jumping on point and that each of their titles is going to have a different name but continue. Um, I'm not as convinced of that as, as an idea as they seem to be. Like, I think if you're not a um, pretty invested comic reader and you've read Frontiersman, there's very little to tell you on the front page of this that this is the next part of that story. Mm. I think without having, like, a universe name or some kind of banner to put across the front cover... Yeah, yeah, I think just to at least draw the draw the attention of, of, of people. Like when we f- were first looking through the list of what to pick for this month, it didn't it didn't like cross my mind when yeah. I read that name that that's what this was. I, I agree, and until I saw it either in this or in the one shot, I had no clue that part of the image anthology they're putting out every month for the anniversary <laughs> also ties into this. No clue. Yeah, I think it might be in the one shot, or maybe in the back match of this, but I read that as well, and yeah, that was absolute news to me. Why can't I um, find it now? So in terms <laughs> of marketing, is not not necessarily you know, going super well. Sort of despite all of that, I'm still pretty sort of intrigued to see what happens next. I just, I think it looks cool. I think just basic things like the script is pretty pretty good and engaging. Mm. Um, and I like the, the sort of environment thing. So despite my reservations of this particular issue, like I'm still pretty on board with this as a series. Yeah. I might read more and be less confused. <laughs> Bold <laughs> words. It's got me wanting to go and read Frontierman. That if you were, if you were interested, that would be how I'd encourage you to you, do it. It's you mean like... mine and Will's constant recommendation was not enough. <laughs> how are I the people at home meant to be convinced by assuming you aren't? Fair. Fair point. Ah, the seeds of disquiet are sown. Mm, this discontent. night. One so, will die, one shall, will we, <laughs> shall we go on then to our we, final book? Yes, indeed. Shall. I'll try and keep this brief. Good luck to me. <laughs> um, 
And I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, will, I, I, I will reveal the the life held, which I'm sure you'll like. I don't know how you don't didn't don't get what I'm referring to. I, I know what the life held is, unfortunately. Yeah. You figured. I it think out I can now. guess. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, we'll we'll leave that for Matt's wonderful reveal shortly. In the meantime. This is Bloodshot Unleashed number one from Valiant, who are not Image. Um, the writer <laughs> is Dennis Camp. The artist is John Davis Hunt. The colorist is one of the hardest working colorists in comics, Georgie Belair. And the letterer is another top five name for you, Hassan Otsmane Allahu. Um, so we've not had a Bloodshot book for a while. Um, there was... You know, Lemire's run, which was excellent. Then we had the deplorable Project Rising Spirit, which we don't speak of because it was god-awful. Um, they fortunately rested Bloodshot for a while, um, and this is Bloodshot Unleashed, which takes up things directly after the end of Lemire's run. We pretend Bloodshot Project Rising Spirit didn't happen. And to be honest, that's for the best. Um, <laughs> so... so this is, we start off with Bloodshot shooting himself in the head. This, I should point out, this is Valiant is marketing this as a mature book. I, which should, as, I should think so. <laughs> which, as far as I can work out, basically gives them license to go all out with the gore. Let's have an entire panel, just a brain matter. Um, and you will like it. Um, oh, I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> She's talking so, directly to Matt, and you it, will like it. Yes, and you will like it. So this is this is indeed much more gory. Um, there are some quite, like I say, there's entire panels that just uh, just go. They're just go. So we pick up with Bloodshot, who is shooting himself in the head on a constant basis. Um, what's happened to his wife and daughter is, well, we assume they've been killed or you know i assumed they'd been killed so i reviewed this for biggerthancapes.com where you can find many reviews um and dennis camp bless him clearly read it and tweeted us that you know don't worry about you know because i did complain because fridging the love interest and the child it's you know let's create some man pain for our male character um i feel better about this because he's tweeted like don't don't worry about you know i have a plan this will make sense i trust in dennis so all is well uh, but i like that he took the time to actually read my review and understand my concerns and actually respond to them so you know yeah. not not all writers would do that so thank you um but yeah so he's basically nobody turns up that's the character's name nobody nobody's kind of genuine gender ambiguous you know they are they are sort of drawn a bit like that um, and nobody comes basically with some files um, about some soldiers. And inevitably, as usual, the US government's fucked up and needs bloodshot to clean up the mess. He's essentially there. There's these super soldiers who were created and we put them in prison and now they're angry and they're broken free and are murdering people um, in horrific ways, hence the mature rating. Um, so it goes between then and now, and it quite handily shows you what's then and now. So then is going back to Bloodshot and getting the assignment and speaking to nobody. And then the now is basically him um, having a shootout with uh, Lieutenant Robert Chambers, who is the first of these people whose file is the first one he reads. Yeah. Um, and there is, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shooties. There's explosions. It's all very action-y. Um, I'm going to shout out to the colouring because we haven't been doing that. 
Um, but the difference between sort of having bloodshot in the apartment um, and then the now and sort of it shows the passage of time through the colouring. So there's distinct sort of bits of colouring, like the sort of a red brown feel to Bloodshot's apartment. And then the now goes from kind of a grey to when things hype up like a yellowy green. Um, which is really nice. I it's like also that. Like clearly in the aftermath of some horror, like the apartment. Oh yeah, the apartment's in horrific aftermath. Thing. So it's like a good sort of smoky red sky. Yeah, it's 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 just really the coloring's really nice, and also I like the panel work because I mean there are a lot of panels on some of these pages. There's, all, I mean, let's pick a random page. What we got? Four, eight. 12, 15, 16 panels on one page, and some of them are quite small, but it works really well. Um, I also like that although it's shooty, shooty, blow things up, and I said this in my review, there's actually a lot more going on there. There's some really strong character work here. Yes. There is some really interesting concepts as well with regards to patriotism and soldiers and all of that. Um, So... I really like, I think this is the strongest bloodshot we've had since Lemire, which is admittedly a really low bar, um, but I really like it. I'm excited to see what is to come with this, because I don't think it's just going to be a bloodshot has a fight with the person and blows things up, and then there's blood and gore. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. For my review, check out biggerthancapes.com. Plug over. Carry on, chat. <laughs> I like really liked this book um, because it it plays really well with some. I with like I mean, it it's it's very fun in its approach in, in its violence. Like it gives you a man covered in pouches um, who can pull. Who has like a dimension of weapons in them, like any weapon you can imagine, uh, like he can pull out these pouches, like, and they have a lot of fun with that. Um, they they actually use it to its kind of, to to you know potential like, um, and you see a lot of different ways to kill things horribly from this person, um, and he talks about being extreme, um, fairly often, um. But yeah, that's not the main. Th- that's not the main thing I like about this book. I like. I really love, like it's the like the the like nobody's last few lines are great. Um, the like, and I don't want to say what they are. Don't spoil, spoil it. it. That's don't what I'm not. It. That's what I'm saying. I'm not doing um, because they're great. Um, but I love the 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 character that Chambers, if they weren't a if they weren't also a monster themselves, what they're saying, some of it is very sympathetic. They're talking about the for basically the collapse of the American industrial heartland, the um, the debt trap. Um, that the military uses to basically bring in young, uh, like young disenfranchised people as like the only like viable employer. 
um, within their like creates monsters and then discards them, um, and like lie like basically lies um, a sense of patriotism into you only to kind of use it as fuel to turn to to to, to turn you into something that then cannot come home. Um, it's great. Um, and watching Bloodshot, kind of, like, having this whilst still managing to be doing horrible things to each other and be really interesting with it, it's great, and it's gorgeous, and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think you were correct. I think narratively and in the kind of polit pol the politics behind um, Chambers character is really interesting and something that does feel quite authentic because it is. Um, I do like this. I think the writing and arts and colouring and lettering is all really strong when brought together um i do have so I, I agree with angela that no magic and no jesse kind of sucks and i hope mm -hmm. that is dealt with yeah sooner rather than later um the constant jumping back and forth did annoy me but apparently that's just how comics are sometimes and I, it still I annoys it, me kinda. yeah i gotta say i liked it but I, it, I think I hate. Me, I, sorry. It I have to say, it took me a couple of reads to be fully on board with that. I think it just annoyed me because it was constantly the giant then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that annoyed me. Also, and this isn't a Dennis Camp or John Davis Hunt kind of problem. This is a valiant problem. But I'm not going to let it go. Nobody really, really really reminiscent of Diane Festival, who was last seen flying off with mm. uh, Kay McHenry, Deathmate, for a book they advertised. They they gave me fucking Fred Van Lente's bullshit space book. What? Psylog? Ah, oh, I got that. But the characters I actually give a shit about, nah, nah, they're floating off somewhere, probably with Magic and Jesse and all the other women in Bloodshot. I had the same sense of disappointment. I, as soon as I saw uh, nobody, I thought, "Is it? Is it festival?" Yeah, right. It should have been festival. Well, then it comes to me to finally be the voice of reason amongst you. This is not only the best bloodshot I've read in a while. This is the best Valiant comic I've read in ages. I think this was um, excellent. I really enjoyed this. You've not read enough of the recent stuff. That's probably Exo, fair. Exo was good. Yeah, I haven't read any EXO, okay. so that's, I mean... Better than armor clads, aren't you? It's certainly exciting if that's what you're holding up against something like this, because I, I really like this. Um, actually, some of the bits that you didn't, I really like. The, the then and now, in multiple different versions, felt like a kind of um, old sort of exploitation or Western film vibe. Um, but I wholeheartedly agree that I think it's fun, 
it has a huge amount of depth in its storytelling. There's one page which is has some interesting foreshadowing of a sort of little girl hallucination that Bloodshot doesn't quite see, uh, which lays down potentially some groundwork for later on. I think the kind of the bad guy in this, um, what's he called, Lieutenant Robert Chambers, yeah. and his pouches are just real comic book yeah. fun, yeah, just really so super daft. And it ends with, I mean, a flaming bloodshot firing out the cabin of a huge industrial machine, and only then to, to firing a, yeah, to prop Robert Chambers on top of a on top of a rocket launcher and just fire him into the sky. That's just good comics to me. Um, but I feel this is a perfect number one. It gives you an absolute one in done story that none of the other books we've read today sort of provide that satisfaction conclusion. But also lays this groundwork of like there are others like him out there, which is a pretty simple and well trodden trodden um, kind of plotline for for comics. But it just gives you that basis which you can explore different bits about Bloodshot, I think, and in different ways about like the like the Ameri- like the military industrial complex, the like the exploit- like collapse of like various parts of like the of the social system. All sorts of interesting things like that's what like I'm excited by the by what the next villain is who's like a walking nuclear enabled um, robot like brain like brain in a robot suit like <laughs> there's a lot of stuff interesting stuff you can say there yeah there'll be other reflections of bloodshot and I say reflections of other parts of society and, and probably some commentary on various bits of America. But mm. I just think based on this one issue alone, um, I just found it immensely readable and, and satisfying. And I say Bloodshot is a character, as you said, Angela, has been underserved for, for quite a while. Um, I think that's the thing, because we had Lemire's run, which was good, because it turned him into more of a character and made him mm. more interesting than just, yeah, it's a guy that heals and shoots things. Well, that's um, always the risk, isn't it? That he's just that- Wolverine light. The problem is, is I think that that version of Bloodshot, the more thoughtful, reflective version, there is a hardcore of Valiant Faithful, and I'm not going to say they're all men, but the it's all us. It, yeah, <laughs> all sort of But guys who didn't like that iteration, they want the big shoot gore blood, which is fine. We all like a bit of blood and gore, and I think Valiant pivoted with Opera Bloodshot project rising spirit was to try and appeal to that core group and i think this is also trying to appear to that core group but what i like is that dennis camp is sliding in Mm -hmm. some of the actual other stuff the stuff that i like about the more reflective bloodshot he's kind of sliding that in underneath all the violence and the gore so i think this is a good approach there's still questions about yeah. his family and all of that, and also Agent Festival. Um, but hopefully we might get some answers down the line. I'm more optimistic about this than I am about other Valiant projects at the moment. So. I, I totally see what you mean about like the about that approach to writing Bloodshot and trying to kind of... Like, it feels like a book that you can read multiple ways, like that you can read as the ha-ha, shoot-shoot-bang-bang book because the action in it is great. Yeah. Um, 
and you can also read it as like the ha ha shoot shoot bang bang book but also it's clever um and it's got interesting ideas and really good character writing like and and it's yeah and i hope that that kind of that that approach um continues and that we get to kind of have like and that the excellent like character like approach to character writing uh continues and we see more of that kind of being snuck in until those people realize that they should like a thoughtful bloodshot and go oh oh wait bloodshot can can do the haha shoot shoot bang bang and also be interesting yep this should appease all audiences i think so what we're we doing now we, we just we're all picking a favorite uh, so, yeah so like starting this one we decided that rather than doing the the rankings where we spend about half an hour each um apologizing for not uh ranking a book higher and <laughs> retreading everything we've kind of already said um about four books that we're going to do that about only one instead each and just kind of give our favorite um, book, individual, like our individual favorite book of the of the month. Um, and my God, we picked a hard one to do that on for me, because I liked uh, like everything quite a bit. Um, so that's why I took the the difficult job of doing the explanation, so I didn't have to be the first one to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. I, I I can pick first because we all know what it's going to be. Go for it. Which is Bloodshot Unleashed because it is Valiant and I am contractually obligated <laughs> to love all the Valiant. And I'm done. Angela, for once, you're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it is a tough decision. Uh, I enjoyed all of these books, but Bloodshot Unleashed was just basically the perfect first issue and um, I think achieves that better than any of the other three. Um, I think it's open to new readers and sort of um, familiar readers. Art great, story great, good comics. Zachary? That's a good question. Um, What is a comic? Webster's Dictionary defines... Um, out of the four, I, I think, yeah, Bloodshot is the best first issue. Uh, I think the art's really good, the writing is really good. I think all of my gripes with it come from existing Valiant issues, and I hope to see them dealt with in this run of Bloodshot. I think uh, Rising Spirit was bad enough that I haven't read any Bloodshot since, until this, because it was bad comics it was very very bad and it didn't help that it was following a very very good run uh but this feels like it's being written by someone who has perhaps read the bloodshot that's come before it rather yep. than just turned up and started writing some bloodshot to try and appeal to well, you know w- without being dismissive of a large part of the bloodshot fan base but a bunch of jackasses who just want to see a guy shoot some stuff, which yeah. it, it would be uninteresting as Wolverine, it would be uninteresting as Punisher, and it's uninteresting as as Bloodshot. So I, I like that this 
has character work and something to say, as well as being man with gun coming out of pouches. So, uh, yeah, good job, good bloodshot. The first in like five years, so that's it's yeah. a pretty good um, achievement. And I am ever the contrarian, going to disagree with myself and say it's bloodshot. Um, it's bloodshot, baby. Credible mm. first, like perfect first issue, like. There, the other books have a lot of promise, but I don't think I I read as good a complete story um, as, as 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 there was in Bloodshot Number One. Like it's just really solid comics writing, and like gets the art of the first issue. Um, to a T. Um, it was almost least we can do, but just that that little bit of first issue nuts pushed <clears throat> bloodshot over. Yeah, did it for me. I agree. I don't think any of these books are bad, though. I think no, a strong, strong month. Oh no, that's yeah, yeah. Like if it's 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 one way you can I mean just listen to what we've been saying about them. Uh, it's not a month where we've had anything that we've been feel we felt awkward. Um, kind of di- like we felt awkward dissecting. I wanted to talk about these books for another like five like five hours and say like what's what do you think this could be? Like where <laughs> do you think this is going? Type of stuff. When he shoots him up into the sky, do you think he dies before he explodes or exactly? <laughs> um, Halfway down. Yeah. So, uh, Can he get inside his own pouch and live in that dimension? Oh God! Turn these, himself inside out. Like more. Goes, turn himself inside out like he goes over the top of the swing. I, I did. I did legitimately <laughs> question at one point of if I had a pouch reality, I'd have make sure I had an escape pouch. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If, if Dennis Camp uses that, I am going to now claim that he got it from us. <laughs> Copyright. TM. Yeah. I have to Post mail it to myself. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, we've not used that joke in... Uh... In a while. At least three months. Yeah, months at least. Um, now it's back for good. I'll be saying it every week again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, good good month for comics. Um, at least new more. comics. Uh, there's been other good stuff. I know Angela has, was, was really into the first issue of the Lower Decks book, and yeah, uh, I can't remember when we talked about that. And what's it called? The Stephen King, but it's not Stephen King anymore. Book. Yes. Creep Show. Yay! That's the one. Creep Show is pretty good. If you're into Creep Show, if not, it's probably just the anthology like horror host. Yeah, they're doing a reboot of it for Shudder. Is that what the... Yes, they are. Mm. There's the horror streaming service. Yes, and um, Image are doing like an accompanying comic. Boy, it's like... I miss this. Yeah. Um, yeah, first issue came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's pretty, pretty reminiscent of... I've not seen any of the show yet, but the comic's pretty reminiscent of the 
uh, Romero King thing yeah. from the 80s? I believe 80s. Yeah. 80s feels right. Um, so, yeah, go read some comics. There's some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, yeah, that's... <laughs> Go read, Chain- Go read Chainsaw Man. The new chapter was incredible. <laughs> okay. Like that one for a while. Uh, <laughs> so we've been bigger than capes. No, that's not what I say. We've been Angela, Matt, Will, and Zach collectively bigger than capes. That's right. Yeah. Right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs>